Welcome back to another beautiful Sunday afternoon. I hope your guys' weekend is going great, okay? Now, if you don't know where you are and you don't know who I am, you are at the Rainy Day Horror Show with the best podcast host in the world, arguably in the world, me, Dusty McBalls, a.k.a. the Certified Cougar Hunter, a.k.a. The man with the biggest set of testicles that you could possibly ever have or want, all right? And on today's episode, okay, we allegedly have the first mass shooting that occurred in the United States, all right? It is called the Walk of Death, and our... What is it? Our um, bad bad guy. We'll say bad guy. Our bad guy of the day is Howard Unraw. Now, it's not Unrolt or Unrolf. I butchered it. I couldn't read my own handwriting. And it was actually an H. I just didn't connect the lines all the way between you know the two sticks when you make an H. Just didn't connect them. But, yes, today is the first mass shooting. Okay, that's what we're doing. Um, it's going to be interesting, okay? It's going to be interesting. This was, you know, this one, if you live in the U.S., this is a heavy fucking topic right now because it deals with gun violence, okay? Now, before we get into this episode, before we get underway, people, put your adventure crocs on. Set them in adventure mode, okay? Let's do this, all right? Okay? Get something to drink. You know, I have my beautiful Icelandic water, all right, with a pH of 8.4, okay? I paid four fucking dollars for it, and my girlfriend made fun of me for it, but I don't care. It's good water, okay? It's the best fucking water. The bottle, oh, so sick, okay? I would love Icelandic water to fucking sponsor me. That would be so dope. Okay, but anyways, get yourself something to drink, alright? Get yourself a little snack, okay? And strap in, this one might be a little bit of a long one, okay? And without further ado, let's get into the first alleged, the first mass shooting called the Walk of Death with our shooter, Howard Unraw. Alright, so, first off... Before we get into, you know, this whole, you know, shooting spree, let me, let me give you just some gun statistics, some mass shooting statistics within the U.S. And this, you know, this study was done as of May 26th, 2023. And when this study came out this year, we already had around 200 mass shootings so far. Now, just, you know, to label what a mass shooting is, for some people that don't know, it is an incident in which four or more people are either killed or injured in a specific time and place. And this study also includes, you know, like 
gun violence in the home or public places, okay? Any situation where four or more people people were either killed or injured, it was thrown into this, okay? And just just within the past 3 years, 2020, 2021, and 2022, there has been over 1800 mass shootings which averages out to roughly being two a day. And in 2021 alone, there were 20,958 deaths from, you know, homicide, like mass shootings, robberies, etc., etc., etc. And if you want to average that out, that's comes to a total of like 57 people were killed every single day in 2021 due to gun violence, you know, with homicidal intent. And in 2018, just if you're wondering how much, like how many like civilians or people have guns in the U.S., in 2018, there were 390 million guns in the U.S., making a ratio of 120 firearms Per 100 residents. Now, with all this knowledge that I'm just laying out there for you, I am not saying guns should be illegal. Let me specify. I am not saying guns should be illegal. Okay? Just stricter laws. Alright? Maybe taxed a little bit more. You know, maybe some other certain things. Because listen here. This is my theory, and I know I've spoke on it before. If they ban guns in the United States, they're just going to get it from the black market, and that way the government can control the flow of weapons into the United States just like they did with cocaine in the 80s. <laughs> I love cocaine! Okay, it's going to be the same situation. Now, will they ever ban guns? Probably not. I don't think so. I mean, shit, all of the South, I mean, Texas, really? You think Texas is going to let the government take guns away or Florida? Hell no, okay? Hell no, okay? Probably won't ever happen. And even if it does happen, I mean, just look at the UK, all right? They're... Violence is pretty bad. It's, you know, it's not nice over there. And they ha don't have guns. But they do a different thing called stabbing. Okay? Yes. With a nice steel blade. Stabbing. That's what, you know, they do over there. And I have a few sources, a few friends that live over in the UK. And I, you know, I ask them about this you know, on a couple of occasions, and that's what they told me, okay, now if you live in Norway, you know, the government takes care of them really, really good, like I said in a few episodes ago, takes care of them really, really good, you know, if you get fired from a job, you get paid that exact salary for four years or until you find a different job, and all of college is free over there, and they don't have any guns, but they love their citizens, okay? So, back to the point. 
I don't think they will ban guns. I would be shocked if they ever did ban guns, but just need stricter laws. And this is one of the stories, even though it took place in the 40s, you know, they should have saw this coming and just said, hey, we have to do, you know, a better job. But, you know, they don't. So it's whatever. But now, after my little rant, let's get into, you know, let's officially get into this, you know, story, okay? Now, Howard Unrah was born in Camden, New Jersey on January 21st, 1921. He's an old fucking dude. This man is super old, okay? All saggy, testicled up, and just fucking man boobies. The fucking movies are out, right? They're just out, saying hello to every pedestrian that's walking around, okay? And now, he allegedly showed some signs of being disturbed when he was little, just a little bit, nothing too crazy. Um, he allegedly had a rather prolonged period of toilet training. That's a weird way to put it, but I didn't, potty training sounded weird, so I put toilet training, and that's just doesn't sound right either. And he also didn't walk or talk until he was 16 months old. And this was told to the press as he was evaluated by a psychiatrist, well, not just one, multiple psychiatrists, after his shooting. And now, for you parents that might be tuning in to the Rainy Day Horror Show on this beautiful fucking Sunday at noon, whatever, but if your kid, if you have a two-year-old or you have a young one and they are not potty trained yet, like I'm saying like around two to three, you might have a future killer on your hands and you might need to, you know, clip the source real quick. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, kill the kid. All I'm saying is maybe you got to take him out, you know, take him around the corner or drop him off at the orphanage, right? I'm just saying, because you might be on that hit list, like some of the people on Howard's hit list. Yes, Howard had a hit list. He was the first person to ever make a hit list and started the whole, you know, stigma about school shooters in a hit list. He started it. All right, but we'll get more. We'll, we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. Now, other than being a late bloomer, like I said, like a little bit ago, he really uh, didn't show any other signs or weird behaviors when he was younger. His parents, though, they did separate, and him and his brother James went to live with their mom Freda. And from what I could find. He wasn't abused or had anything like, you know, a terrible upbringing. He actually had a pretty decent home life. And while Howie was in school, his teacher said he was a very shy kid and that his dream was to, you know, work for the government. And he did just that. After graduating from Woodrow Wilson High School in 1939, Howard joined the Army and he was sent off to Europe to fight in World War II. And while he was overseas, there were, you know, some more, some more incidents that, you know, kind of kept popping up. And it would, you know, 
it disturbed a lot of people. It was, yeah, it disturbed a lot of people. And we'll, we're going to get to that in a second. Now, Howard's commanders would come out and say that he was a very good soldier. Go! What's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant. God damn it, Gump! You're a goddamn genius. That's the most outstanding answer I've ever heard. You must have a goddamn IQ of 160. You are goddamn gifted, Private Gump. He, you know, followed orders. He was smart. He was competent. And he was a wonderful marksman. But they were more concerned about his personal behaviors. And while he was fighting over the pond on behalf of the United States of America, he kept a diary of where he would record every German soldier that he killed. And in this diary, he would note the time, the date, the circumstance, and would describe the aftermath of the body in gory detail. And his brother, after, well, after he was done fighting, and, you know, came home, he came home with medals, and, you know, just a bunch of, he was a very heroic person, and when he came back home in 1945, his younger brother James would come out and say that he was never really the same after being in the military, which, if you fucking served in World War II, nobody probably comes back normal from that shit unless you're, you know, administration and you're, or you're a recruiter and you're staying here, like, Pretty sure you wouldn't come back fucking normal, okay? If you were in the infantryman, which most of them were, but still. So, that doesn't really surprise me. And his, James's assumption was basically pretty spot on. And when Howard moved back home, he lived with his mom up until the shooting. And while he was living with her, he slowly became more disturbed and was falling into like this nasty darkness of just like this empty bottomless pit. And while he was there, Howard spent his time keeping track of every person that made an attack on him, whether it was verbally, physically, spiritually, I don't just any attack on him. You know, he would keep a list and he he would think about that list every night before he went to bed. And he would think about, you know, ways to get revenge on said attacker. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Now, the two main people that he, you know, really wanted to get were his neighbors. And his neighbors were Maurice and Rose Cohen. Now, Maurice and Rose owned a pharmacy under, you know, the Unraz home, you know, under where Howard and his mom were living, and their backyards touched, and why, well, hold on, let me, let me explain, so you, like, no in, like, if you go into, like, a town, and you go downtown, you have the store on the bottom, on, like, the main street, and then you have the little housing up on top, it was one of those, they lived on top of the pharmacy, and the Coens owned the pharmacy below them and their backyards touched, basically is what I'm trying to say. I hope I explained that well. And 
as they were feuding, one of the things... See, Howard had a really bad night one night. Um, I don't know, I'll get to that in a second. But Rose would yell at him to turn down the music, and he never would. And Maurice also allegedly would call Howard a queer on number, like on multiple occasions. And on top of that, even like the neighborhood kids would bully him and call him a queer. So, and it, it, it's, it didn't really come out and say that Howard was gay, but it did say that he did have, at one point he did have a relationship with one woman and at like right before the shooting he was just starting to experiment a little bit and he one night went on a date well he was going to go on a date with a guy and they talked about it they met up obviously well not well they met and then they wanted to go to the movies and when Howard was on his way to meet this guy at the movies, he got stuck in really, really bad traffic and ended up arriving really, really late. And the, when he finally got to the theater, the guy, you know, wasn't there anymore. And as, you know, he was sad. He arrived there, his date wasn't gone, like, he was just... Just a bad, bad night. And so he kind of, he just sat there and he ended up going into the movies and he ended up watching... Oh, I fucking forgot what movie it was. But he ended up watching a triple showing of a, of a certain movie. It was a gangster film. I can't remember what it was. And I didn't even write it down, which I should have, but I didn't. And after he got done watching, you know, those movies, he started to head home. And when he got home, his fence that he built that he built himself for you know his mom and you know for the backyard and stuff like that his gate was just completely destroyed and the Coens allegedly destroyed this you know this this gate and the fence and now that night which would have been September 5th 1949 and after you know his date blowing him off um the whole fencing issue and with the kids always calling him you know a queer and the neighbors calling him a queer he was you know fed up with it and that night september 5th 1949 the night before the shooting howard did his usual plotting of how he was going to kill the people he put on his grocery list. Now this night, he was exceptionally angry, obviously, because, you know, date, stuff like that. And it was just the last straw in Howard's unhinged gray matter. So, the next day, on the morning of September 6th, he woke up and ate a hearty breakfast prepared by his mom, like normal. And they conversated for a little bit, talked, you know, just said, how'd you sleep, honey? Shit like that. But it didn't really say what 
what was like turned what turned the conversation you know bad but it eventually turned into a heated argument between him and his mom to the point where his mom stormed out of the house and she went to the neighbors and this was around like 9 9 10 in the morning and then 10 minutes after that Howard emerged from his house armed with a 9mm German Luger P08 pistol that he bought in Philly for just $40. You know, I wish shit was still that cheap. I really do. Even though, okay, like $40 in today's, you know, time is $512, but shit, I would be rich if it was fucking like, you know, 1949 with the way the currency was. I'd be fucking rich right now. Okay, but anyways, once he, you know, came out, walked out the front doors of his house, he first went to go find John Polarchik, and he was the local shoemaker, and once he found him, he walked right in, shot and killed him, and he died instantly, and then Howard left, and he went on to the next, you know, person that was on his list, and it was at the local barbershop where he was looking for Clark Hoover. And when he found Clark, he was cutting a six-year-old boy's hair with his mom, you know, sitting, you know, nearby. And after he found Clark, um, he walked in and he first shot the poor six-year-old boy. And then he shot Clark. But for some reason, just completely ignored the mom and she didn't get, you know, nothing happened to her. She was just, well, I mean, obviously something happened to her. She just lost a son and saw another dude get killed in front of her. So, but like nothing, you know, she wasn't physically harmed. She didn't get shot. She didn't get hurt or anything in that aspect. Now, once he left the barbershop, he, you know, walked down, you know, the street and he went to the local tavern. And once he reached the local tavern, he didn't go inside, but he shot it up from the outside where shockingly, nobody was injured, okay? And then after the tavern, he went to the drugstore to kill his two main enemies, Maurice and Rose. And as he was going, you know, walking down the street to the drugstore, he was bumped by an innocent bystander who wasn't really paying attention. And Howard opened up fire on him and ended up killing him without, you know, any second thought. He's just like, you bumped me, done. And then he, you know, he made his way finally to the drugstore where Maurice and Rose saw him, you know, coming, but they weren't quick enough to hide. And when he arrived at the drugstore, he first shot Maurice's mom as she was calling 911, you know, getting, you know, that backup, getting help. And after he shot and killed her, he ended up finding Rose in a closet where she was hiding. And he, he shot and killed her. And he actually didn't like shoot her once. He shot her like several fucking times. And then he made his way to go find Maurice, where he found him trying to escape off the roof. But... Howard ended up, you know, 
shooting him and Maurice was then shot and killed and he died. And he actually was on the corner of like, he was about to jump down. And from Howard shooting Maurice, he actually fell like when he got killed, he actually fell onto the concrete in front of the house. And at this point, Howard started, you know, getting down and started, you know, walking out the door and stuff like that. And he shot at a car that was just passing by. Had just, they saw Maurice, you know, fall off the roof and like, what the fuck just happened? So they slowly drove by and Howard just decided to shoot at them. And after he was done with the drugstore, he made his way to the Taylor's home. And after he shot at that car that was, you know, that would just stopped and passed by, he also shot at another car that was passing by where he actually killed the driver and one of the two passengers on his way to the Taylor's home, or not the Taylor's home, but like the last name is not Taylor. It's a dude that made clothes, that kind of Taylor. Okay. And once he made it to, you know, the Taylor's home, he wasn't there. So instead of shooting the Taylor, he killed his wife instead of him. And as he was leaving their house, he was walking back home and he saw a shadow move where he got a little startled and shot at a two-year-old and killed a two-year-old who was just sitting there playing with his toy, like with his toys. And after that, he, you know, went home and barricaded himself in his house. And by then, you know, just a little bit afterwards, he was surrounded by, you know, surrounded all over the place by cops. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! And their intent was on bringing him alive. They didn't want to kill him. They didn't want to do anything. They wanted to bring him in alive. And at this time, you know, 1949, they probably don't have a protocol like they do nowadays for mass shootings. So, they didn't know what to even fucking, like, do when they arrived there. They didn't know if they should shoot him. They didn't know if they should get a negotiator on the line. They just didn't know. And while they were deciding on what to do, um, this local newspaper editor across town named Philip Buxton heard about all the commotion, all the gunshots and shit like that, and he decided to, you know, call Howard's phone because word travels fast. And when he was told that it was Howard, he decided to go to a phone book and just give Howard a ring during this whole fucking fiasco. And surprisingly, Howard did answer the phone. And they did have a conversation, and Buxton actually recorded it on a transcript. And after being on the phone for, you know, 
a little while, not really a little while, but you know, a quick minute, Howard had to hang up because the police climbed on top of his roof and started throwing tear gas through the windows. And shortly after that, Howard came out with his hands up and was immediately cuffed. And as he was being cuffed, an officer said to him, What's the matter with you? You're a psycho. And Howard replied with, And I quote, I'm not a psycho. I have a good mind. Now after his arrest, he did confess and took full responsibility for his actions. Okay? Something that, you know, people don't do nowadays. I'm not saying like, you know, normal people. Some normal people. But what I'm saying is, all these mass shooters, they just kill themselves. They're too, you know, afraid to deal with the consequences, okay? This man took action for it, said, hey, I owned up. I, this is what I did, all right? Do with me what you will, okay? I don't give a shit, all right? You know, I wish those people would, you know, do that, like take accountability and actually go to prison because I'll tell you why. I'd rather see somebody rot in prison and get stabbed up and poked in prison than killing themselves after shooting up a school or some shit like that, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, they were an awful person. Maybe had some, you know, well, I'd probably say more than maybe, but, you know, probably had some mental health issues, okay? But still... I'd rather see him get poked up in prison and just fucked up for the rest of life. Especially the school shooters, okay? Those are fucking children. And people go in there and just kill these poor kids, okay? School is supposed to be a safe place, okay? It's not a daycare. It's not, you know, a form of torment. But... It needs to be a safe place, okay? I understand you can't get rid of bullying either. I, I get that, okay? But you have to, like, th school has to be different for, you know. If I had a kid, he should not be afraid to go to school hoping that, you know, some random dude with really bad, you know, that's just not all there. He should not have to worry about that, okay? He should not have to worry about that. But anyways, um, as he was arrested and they were interviewing the witnesses and stuff like that, the witnesses would come out and say that he was like carelessly and slowly walking down the streets with like this stoic attitude as if it was just any normal day, like he was just going for a Sunday drive in a nice, you know, I don't know, drop top Porsche, right? That's how, that's, he just, you know, it was just normal for him and he was just had the stoic attitude, right? And this shooting spree that he caused, that he did, only lasted 12 minutes and he killed 13 people. Howard was eventually charged with 13 counts of willful and malicious slayings with malice afterthought and three accounts of atrocious assault and battery. And while locked up before his trial, numerous psychiatrists interviewed him and diagnosed him 
with schizophrenia. What? And what? He was also found what? Hopelessly insane. What? Making him unfit to stand trial. What? And immune to any criminal prosecution. What? And after that, he was eventually shipped off to New Jersey Hospital for the Insane, where he was kept in a maximum security part of the hospital, where he would later, thankfully, he would later rot in that hospital and eventually die on October 19th, 2009, with his last words. His last fucking words being, I'd have killed a thousand if I had more bullets. Now, there's classifications here. That's the end of the story. That's the end of the whole thing, okay? He ended up dying. Good riddance to him. Now, a lot of people are, like, if if you're wondering if he's like a serial killer, a spree killer, or something like that, um, mass shooters are not considered serial killers or spree killers. They are their own separate category, okay? And, and I'll break it down a little bit, okay? A spree killer is someone who kills multiple people in locations different locations, usually over a couple of days, between like, you know, three to seven days. Sometimes they can go after a little bit of a little bit of a week, but usually it's, you know, I'll say like one to two weeks, okay? And the serial killer is someone who kills three or more people in the span of over a month, usually with the cool down, you know, time before they kick up and murder again. And Mass shooters, like I said earlier, are people that kill a bunch, like injure or kill three or more people in the same location at the same time. Okay, he was a mass shooter. I didn't know that there were different classifications. Well, I knew there were different classifications, but I didn't know mass shooters were their own separate category. I just thought maybe they were throwing in the spree killers or the serial killers, but no, it is completely different, okay? It's completely different. But, yeah, that's the story for today. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's weird that, you know, allegedly the first mass shooting happened in 1949 within the U.S., and that kicked off a whole shitstorm of things for people, right? A whole lot of crazy things for people. But that's conversation for a different day, okay? I hope you guys had a good work, you know, not work week. I hope you guys had a good weekend. I had a pretty good weekend. Um, I'm going to go see Haunted Mansion in a little bit, so I'll probably break that down on Thursday, all right? So I never saw the first one, but, okay, I'm, you know, got to start somewhere, so I'm starting with the new one. So, but then I'll probably watch the old one. And we'll see. We'll see which one's my favorite. But I'm excited to go see that in a little bit. Um, what else? What else is going on? Um, nothing really. Um, I got an episode that I'll be promoting on Friday of a roundtable that I was on with one of my one of my friends. Yeah, he was one of my friends. He's got he got me into not into podcasting. He 
didn't intentionally get me into podcasting or like telling my stories, but Ghost from the Tavern and I first heard of him on, what was it, Bizarre Encounters and, you know, I think he's funny, I think he's funny, I love what he does, it's just, yeah, so really, really weird that he just hit me up one day and was like, hey, would you want to come on my show with like four other people? I was like, um, are you the ghost from fucking Bizarre Encounters? He's like, yeah. I was like, dude, I used to listen to you and you and Shane used to, you know, you guys were the ones that got me into wanting to tell my spooky stories. So it was really cool. And it, you know, it was just really cool and, and, and interesting that it came full circle like that. And I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to be doing that. It's coming out on Friday. So I'll post it on my social media at the Rainy Day Horror Show. Yes. Selfless YouTuber plug. Okay. Suck my dick if you don't like it. Just kidding. Don't do that. All right. Please don't do that. I don't want that right now or ever. Just, just sit there and listen to me ramble about dumb shit. Okay. But yeah. Hope you guys had a good weekend. All right. Now. Let's take to the work week. Let's grind a little bit. Let's have a little bit of fun next weekend, okay? All right? Go make that paper. Get that paper, okay? I want you to be rich. I want to be rich. I want to have fun with you when we're rich, okay? Let's get to that point, all right? So, remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing, or you will end up in one of my episodes. Don't test me. You beautiful fucking peacocks. I love y'all. Deuces.